Beside me, listen to me sing, you, you would be scared. <clears throat> well, this year, my goal is to try to have uh, just a number of different topics on relationships that we have through the church. And um, I wanted to do that tonight with you again. Uh, I have the scriptures on the board so that you'll be able to follow along. And um, <clears throat> I'm, I want to talk to you about you and your pastor. But hopefully, hopefully, I'm saying this with a straight face, you'll allow me to present this Bible study uh, without thinking about me getting my shots in or telling you more than I want or something like that. I, I want to give you solely how much this is God's idea and, what, and why the Lord divided or established this, this thing of having a pastor. And I, I hope to give you just a fair Bible study on this tonight and, um, uh, and, and fill in a few gaping holes for your life that will hopefully give you some answers about uh, why I am like I am or, or maybe something like that. All right. <clears throat> but uh, why don't we pray right now and just ask the Lord to bless. I do need his help tonight. Lord, I ask that you bless in this Bible study. Lord, we need your spirit to guide and to illustrate, to give us understanding, to help us to perceive Lord, I pray that you would bind our church together. This is your church, and we're so thankful to be a part of it tonight. Lord, I pray that you truly would unlock our understanding, that we would build relationships that would be lasting, and Lord, that your will would be done in our lives. Thank you for relationships that you allow us to have to make life more meaningful, to make life better than it could have been otherwise. I pray that tonight you'd bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you can be seated. I am going to read a bunch of stuff tonight. Um, Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 1 all the way um, through uh, chapter, uh, verse 16. So, so just sit there and, and listen as I read this out loud tonight. And uh, considering the work of God in, in the lives of people. Remember, we could talk about this church collectively, but we first need to talk about this church individually. Amen? Therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, 
beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. One other verse I want to turn you to before I go any farther is First Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13. First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. There are really three key components. I'm not saying there aren't more ways that God speaks to us, but the three primary would be, number one, the Word of God, Number two, the Holy Ghost that is promised to come inside of an individual that would simply ask him. And number three, it would be that you would have a pastor. These three agencies or these three things that God established would be, would be able to make you a successful Christian no matter what generation, no matter what your family situation is, no matter how dark the night, no matter how bad things look, God would be able to give you everything that you have need of through the Word, His Spirit, and a pastor. You know the word pastor in Scripture, the Greek literally means a shepherd. And the pastor was meant to be God's uh, guiding and helping hand in the life of every person. Now, the Word of God we take with us as we consume the Word. The Spirit goes with us because it fills us. But the pastor has a role of being able to stand and position himself on teaching and establishing people to help them to be the very mechanism to help people to become all that God wants them to be in ministry. So the pastor was meant to be invaluable and um, we're going to have to always be able to divide in your mind, in your heart tonight, the difference between the man and the calling. Because truly, God ordained a man to have a calling to be a pastor. But yet, every one of them has got their problems. <laughs> and you all have been blessed because I have more than one problem. <laughs> you have to realize tonight that that God 
is able to do incredible things through this thing called a pastor. So the pastor was meant to be so valuable to you that, that you would be able to learn to grow and appreciate and value highly that office. As a new creature in Christ Jesus, walking a brand new, unfamiliar path of life, it's very important to be able to follow and listen to someone who has walked this path for years already, someone that hopefully is in tune and able to talk to God. A shepherd was meant to lead the sheep to places where the food would be plentiful, and there would be safety so that those sheep could go about and live their life to its fullest. We are truly people with our own head, our own brain, our own talents, and yet I'd like to present to you tonight that every one of us needs some support systems in our life. I have found now over the last 40 plus years, uh, going on 43 here in another month, uh, that I, I'm not sure I could pastor without Elaine. <laughs> You know, she's kind, of, she's kind of proved to be a handy little help to me. Um, certainly, if I continued on, it wouldn't be like it is now. <laughs> you all would have to start uh, coming up with a solution on how to fix all this because <clears throat> I'd, be, I'd be singing that song often deeper, deeper. <laughs> but it's the pastor's job to nurture that desire to be fed and to be led by the man of God in order that you could have the best life that's possible. And this is, this is the key element of, uh, of being a pastor tonight, is the fact that somehow, if I could get you to realize according to the word of God this evening, that your job is not let anything get in the way of you being able to esteem a man of God in your life. And I said, A, singularly, man of God. Many of you have relatives that are in ministry. And that's good. And they, and you, and they have proven themselves and esteemed themselves highly. And yet, I still have to go back to saying that God has this thing set up as a shepherd with a sheepfold. I'm not saying I know more than they. I'm not saying I'm better than they are by any means. I'm just saying that I believe that God can give me a word for this community, for this church. Amen. So I'm saying these things without, I'm not being haughty, I'm nobody. I, I understand tonight that somewhere along the line you're going to have to deal with my flesh, not only yours but mine. You're going to have to say, you know, that Kevin Erickson would be a great pastor if, if. <laughs> and, um, and you're going to have to pray for me and, and help me. Take me aside and say, please don't do that anymore, or whatever it is. I, you know, I, I'm uh, still shapeable. I know that you can't teach old dogs new tricks, but um, I'm going to dog class even now. <clears throat> but it's my job to, to simply keep this to where you are able to keep receiving the word of life in your life. A pastor is necessary because we have to realize that we must grow in God. We can't sit dormant and say, I got it back in 1979 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. No, I've got to be able to say, I, I, am I listening to the voice of God today? And if not, I need somebody to preach to me and help me to, to align my thinking that I'm prioritizing things right and getting my life in order. According to Ephesians 4, pastors are one of the five special gifts that God gives to the church. I'm not saying I'm better than an apostle or a prophet or anything. That's not true. I'm just saying I'm also, I being a pastor, also am important to what God is doing. So God gave us the fivefold ministry as a gift to the church. Don't measure 
the man of God by his education, by his personality, nor his level of preaching. It's the hottest thing going, or, or, or if you have to wake up. <laughs> nor by his talents. But you have to measure the pastor in your life by the honor that you're able to give him because of your high estimation of the office he fulfills and your need to receive more from God. It's always about God and the calling. It's never about the man. Acts 20 and 28 says this. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. It was God's plan not only to purchase a church through his own blood, but also to provide for it through the ministry of someone watching over the flock. Moses in the Old Testament, everybody doing okay or am I killing you? I don't think I'm probably telling you anything you don't know, but I hope I'm focusing on the most important thing here of, of, of that God wants you to be blessed. Our peace, at least part of our peace, according to, to what we read tonight in Ephesians, comes from our relationship with the pastor. Wow, there's something to think about. Moses in the Old Testament is really a good example of the office of a pastor because God ordained that Moses would be the leader over his people. God chose him, didn't he? And he wanted Moses to be respected, even revered. Not revered as a god, but he wanted Moses to be revered because a god would give Moses direction and lead Israel and take care of their every need. So Moses didn't have very many qualifications to be leadership value, but he was a man that God called and chose, and therefore the Lord could help him. He provided him all the different additives, you might say, supplements, the, the rock and the staff and, and uh, the, all the different things that he had in order for Moses to be successful. God wanted Moses to receive honor from the people, not because of Moses was anything. He was a murderer. But because Moses was speaking for God to the people. That is an important key here. Somewhere along the line, and, and probably if, if you're human, you probably think, Kevin Erickson hit it last Sunday. I'm not sure he did this Wednesday. <laughs> you know, in other words, we, we kind of, pick and choose on what we think really is from God or not. Um, but we have to just trust somehow that every service, every time we gather together and, and the pastor is able to speak to the flock, that there's going to be something of value there that will help us. I, I can't always tell you it's for you to receive strength for today or, or maybe it's to help you so that you live until tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe it's simply to give you strength for, for the next day after that. So there's got to be some very important reasons tonight that God uses and the, the, a man called a pastor. And not only that, but he desires for that man to be honored. The first thing I believe that is important is that we understand God's divine order. There are many business, businesses, organizations, families, churches. They succeed because there's usually one that leads them. Now, there could be helpers. There could be workers. There could be associates. There could be leaders. There could be assistants. But usually, there's only one head on every animal. We're not talking about centipedes tonight. We're talking about uh, animal. 
one person needs to occupy the position of the highest authority. That's the beauty of our home, is that, is that Christ received authority to come and, and to be redemptive plan, the Savior, and man was to submit under his authority, and the wife would submit her life under the authority of the man, and the children would submit their, uh, themselves under the authority of their mother and father. Why? That's, that's God's divine order. That's not saying any one of those positions is lesser in integrity or value or quality. It merely is that God had one and then the next and then the next and then the next. Without divine authority, what would we have? We would have confusion, wouldn't we? Um, we're going to take uh, five of us tonight and we're going to Go in my office, sit down around our chairs, around the round table that's in there, and we are going to discuss one hot topic in Pentecost today, and, and we're going to have an answer for the whole church uh, in just a few minutes. Well, it's doubtful. Why? Because even though every one of us that goes in that room has the Holy Ghost, has integrity with God, has a life that we've lived to see God work in ministry. We, we've learned some things along the way. But we would never be able to come to a decision. To have divine order. You see, a business, organizations, these sort of things can are not stipulating only one head. They could have a board. They could have a governing body. They could have uh, you know, all sorts of different things that would, that would rule that company and make final decisions. But that's not possible in the church. God set this thing up so that there would be a divine order. Think about these things. The church is ruled by spiritual laws and not carnal ones. Therefore, Every answer, if we have spiritual direction from God, it's going to have to be that we get that divine spiritual direction from the Lord himself. Number two, a church is not owned by stockholders, nor do we operate by man-made uh, boards or things. We, we have a board in our church here because that's a requirement of the laws of Oklahoma. But these brethren that are a part of that are, are men of integrity. And, and they will always, they're kind enough to listen to me and let me say something, and then, and then hopefully we can all agree on it and go on. This church is owned by God himself. So this is all God's idea. This is all God's plan. And number three, God has redeemed the pastors to be the primary overseer of the local church, simply meaning that um, if you ever think I'm coming in with a high hand and saying, you have to do what I say, I, I, I didn't get enough sleep last night. There's something wrong with me, not you, because my job is not to come around and command people what to do. It's my job to give you the opportunity to know God's plan and how it could fit in your life that you could live life to its fullest. We've all got problems. We all have got bills. We've all got, uh, you know, job and in, income issues and all of those things. But but we need we need tonight to have a church that that is sent up of God, is of God, and is God ordained. <coughs> in Matthew sixteen and eighteen, Jesus said and told us. Do you have that verse down, Jeff? Okay. Simply said that Jesus Christ is, it's his church. And therefore, he has a right to establish it the way that he deems best. Another key part of ministry and a pastor in your life is divine communication. The Old Testament, when the Lord wanted to, to convey a thought, he would use Moses. At least 16 times in Scripture in the Old Testament, in the Pentateuch, the first five books, 
16 times we read God's uh, speaking to Moses to speak unto the children of Israel. And this is the way it was done, even though there were many who held responsible positions in Israel. Each tribe had a leadership. There was leaders in every aspect of organizing that people. And yet, they allowed there to be one Moses. The same is true tonight in the New Testament church. Even though the whole church is filled with the Holy Ghost, and we have many jobs represented here tonight, where you are necessary and needful for the work of God to make it flourish and, and be productive. And yet, God still wants there to be able to be an answer that would come from the Lord through his messenger to touch the church. God also conveys direction for a church. Oftentimes, I might talk to you about what I see happening in the future. Well, that's uh, you know, until it happens, I guess we could just say it's a bunch of hot air. But, but I'm telling you, I'm wondering if these aren't truly directly from God of what God's going to do. It's sometimes it's hard to define. Is that is, did I just eat pizza, or or did God speak to me? And and I'm and I'm dreaming, and I'm thinking, and I'm seeing. You know, it's I I, I started realizing it's a good thing God gave us this large facility, because. We could add to this church. And it would be nice not to be sitting on each other's laps. Amen. It's interesting to note, when you look at the book of Revelations, I won't, I won't put any more fear in you tonight, uh, but talking about the seven churches that are there in chapters 3 and 4 of, of Revelations, each message was addressed to a angel. And the Bible specifically tells us that the angel was the pastor. So the Greek word for angel right there, just to let you know this, is not exclusively a spirit being, but in that word angel is used, it means a messenger or one who is sent. So God spoke to each of those seven churches in Asia through the messenger, through the pastor. Pastors deliver messages from the pulpit with instruction and rules of conduct. That doesn't mean we watch around the corner to see if you're doing it. It's up to you. What you do with the Word of God, that's why everything is built on how important you esteem the man of God in your life. Because if, you aren't, if you're just receiving it as another email text message tonight, well, you get a hundred of them a day. If, if you've lost sight of the importance of it, then, then you could just delete it like you do all the other text messages you don't want to read. Do you see? So only your take, your view, how you esteem the importance of God speaking to you through a man of God will always be the, the measuring tape on how successful you are to be able to face life's troubles and problems and do it God's way. When a pastor communicates, our goal is to be sincere. I do joke around, and, I, and, and if that ever bothers you, I'll try to correct that a little bit. But I, I'm typically only kidding around when I feel like it's not going to hurt the message. But, but our, our desire is to be sincere to show that we really believe the message. And, and somehow somebody's got to say, I can trust that, that voice because my sheep know my voice, Jesus said. And I have to trust that that same principle is not only for the great shepherd, but it also is for his under-shepherds. A pastor will preach and teach what he feels is right when he has prayed and, and, and received something from God. And there, that's why there may be a little difference from one church to the next about a standard or a rule. Not to say that anybody is right or wrong, but you have to go back to point A 
that there's a man called for the, for the flock and, and God is giving him direction. Listen, I've been in churches where, where there are some very stern rules in certain areas. But when you go back and go out and have pizza with a pastor, you find out that years ago, there was something that went crazy there and got out of control. And, and his rules are the outcome of trying to get things back in order where it didn't hurt other people when somebody went, went wacko. Whatever the, whether it was, whatever the topic was. And so you have to realize tonight that when you're, when you're going online, be careful now. You can go to Alexandria and you can see a professional job tonight for their service. And you will hear fantastic messages, no doubt about it. All I'm saying is don't let that make you lose sight of the very key God gave and put in your hand. Keep the man of God important in your life. There are a lot of messages out there. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good content. I'm not, I'm not saying they, they miss God. I'm not saying they're wrong. But if you can't come back in here and, and be able to say, I am part of the body, what's going to happen to you? The Amalekites was that one group of people in the Old Testament first showed up, and they were the ones who would sneak up from the back and, and, and injure and kill the elderly and the, and the little children that were not where they should have been. And they took lives. And, and, that's, and God brought vengeance upon them. God brought judgment upon the Amalekites. It was a nasty thing they were doing. But my point is to say this. When you, when you misplace the pastor, it means you are misplaced in your position in your walk with God. Don't mean that ugly. And Lord knows I'm not always right. You may have to sit down one night and say, Brother Erickson, I just want to run this through with you once here. I, I feel like something... Maybe you didn't understand something or, or you know, what, whatever the issue. And I better be a man enough to realize I can certainly make mistakes. But I, if I am committed to you, I am committed in this. I will pray and seek God for each service. I will take time and I will try to have study. I will try to take time and make sure that I am developing something that hopefully will be a blessing and a help to you. How it, if it's as good as what where here, there, and yon had their service once in a night, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could ever say that we're, we're not supposed to be competing among each other anyways. And it would be really healthy if you could allow yourself, somehow control yourself, not to put the man of God in a position where he will fail because of his humanity. Instead, when God would have made you powerful through his spiritual uh, relationship with God. <clears throat> so there's an application to follow. There will always be teaching of one pastor that will be important regardless of what others may do. Uh, there may be a theme, there may be a sequence of thoughts. There may be steps that God is taking this church on. I believe he is, by the way. I believe that we are being shaped and molded for great things. But it will never be because of Kevin Erickson being something. I'm not. It's going to be that I finally went to a church and I was old enough and realized that there's no hope for me attaining to some of the greatness of other great men of God I esteem highly. And I was able to come and simply pray and seek God, and God did a wonderful work. And it will be a wonderful testimony. So what responsibilities does the pastor have to you? Number one, 
a pastor is called and must equip the people, the saints. Paul said it was for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, perfecting the saints. What does that mean, though? It does not mean maturity. Stay with me and you'll get old and you'll be mature. No. Perfecting of the saints is talking about here preparation to do works of service in God's kingdom. In other words, it's not a matter of um, who has the most clout, the oldest, how many years you've been living for God. But the, the question always with ministry is, is, is are we preparing ourselves to do a work that God wants to work through me? So saints can minister and, and they can give helps and they can take care of jobs and they can do things and they can lead things and they can do great things to build up the body of Christ. The Amplified Bible says it like this. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of his saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, which is the church. So that's, that falls in line with kind of what we're saying here. So a pastor, by the word of God and by the spirit of God, is guiding us into a place of usefulness in God's kingdom tonight. Not just, if I could just hold out to the end, if I could just make it. That really is not God's plan for you. What God wants to do is he wants us to um, not retire, but refire, as is one word I've, I've heard people say. It's to be able to simply say, I'm, I'm going to be active in the God's kingdom. <coughs> Excuse me. He wants us to develop spiritually to the point in our life that we will be able to be a blessing to others. That's what God wants. When I came, I needed the church to pour into me. I was needy. I had problems. I had issues. But now as I've lived for God over the years, now I'm starting to be able to maybe pour into someone else. Well, that's, that's maturing. That's spiritual maturing. The third thing is that God wants the pastor to feed his, his people. I read to you earlier, but let me just read it again. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the flock of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. God wants us to take care of things. Acts 20 and 29 says this, For I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. So Paul understood that he had to plant something in these people, develop them and grow them, that when the evil tempter comes, when the false doctrine comes to your family or to your church, to your, to your, to your life, when some perverse thing comes that is not hearing the voice of God, that you have that maturing in your life that you're able to say, this, this doesn't ring true. This is not right. The preaching of the word of God will keep a person saved. And our souls will be fed continually as the pastor faithfully ministers the word of God. Romans 10 and 17, you know so well. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So never lose your desire in this life for the word of God. Realize God called a pastor so that they could preach and teach from the word that would be able to save your soul. Is it always kind? Is it always easy to take? Sometimes you have to gag on it. I, that's not our intention, but I, probably it's true. But the shepherd of the flock will keep the wolves away. That's the point here. 
Spiritual wolves represent false teachers who will try to bring false doctrines into your life. You don't have to do that anymore. Don't let a pretty song or an incredible building or facility allow you to bring something back to your home church that is contrary to God's good word and his doctrine. You could go out and look at other religions online tonight. You've got the power. You could do it. But I just warn you, sometimes we as sheep aren't even quite aware enough at the moment to define and realize why some things are being said to us. Until later, we start thinking like Eve did when the serpent said, hath God said. He was putting question marks in her heart, wasn't he? In, in Genesis. The shepherd who watches at all times to make sure the sheep are not scattered really is carrying a big responsibility tonight. I'm not sure I am worthy. I'm not sure I know how to even handle all that. I just know that in the years that I've been living for God, I've watched men who prayed, who sought God, who tried to help people, who invested in people, and I saw successes, and I said, I want to be like that. Jesus spoke of the good shepherd in John 10, verse 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. It's such an important position being a pastor or a shepherd tonight because there is this connection with people in the church that is so real. It's not just choosing what church you want to go to and start going there. It's a matter of developing and building this relationship that you have with your pastor. There are many voices tonight that we must learn to, uh, we have to learn to appreciate our pastor, his voice, who is lovingly trying to help us and direct our daily lives. God, uh, Paul exhorted Christian leaders to nourish God's people. Here's what he said in 1 Peter 5, uh, 3 and 4. Neither being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. When we feed the flock of God, which is among you, and taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, Paul said, not willing, but willingly, not of for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Verse number two. God wants us to, to do this with the right spirit, with the right joy. Number four, God wants us to watch. Oh, watchman on the wall, what do you see? The overseer, your pastor, becomes that one that can watch from a high point and take the oversight of your spiritual development and becomes accountable to God as he tries to care for your soul and help you. Hebrews 13 and 17, you know so well, obey them they have the rule over you. Submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Standing on the wall tonight, the watchman fulfills a very important job. If he doesn't want you to turn away from your wicked ways, uh, if, he, if he doesn't give warning and you continue to follow in your wicked ways, then God will hold that man responsible for your misfortune. I like Ezekiel 3, 17 and 18. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman over unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. And when I say unto the wicked, 
thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way. To save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Today in our vernacular, in our English language, the minister of the gospel is a responsible position and therefore must take the task of presenting uh, uh, people uh, that are created and made according to the word of God and present them before the Lord. But a pastor's message must always encourage, inspire, strengthen, or at least stir us so that we will not be lost. Think about this. The reason why so many people fall from their walk of faith, from their walk with God, is usually because their spiritual walk with God failed because they failed to understand the importance of their pastor in their life. What's the first thing a person does when they're mad? First thing they do when they, when they are, you know, running from God. They don't come to church. Many fall because they do not grow as a Christian ought to. Here's what 2 Peter 3.18, and I'm coming to a close. I'm, thank you for putting up with me tonight. Peter said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. This scripture simply verifies that there must be progress in a Christian's life. If you don't think you're supposed to grow, then what need do you have of a pastor? It's just a nuisance telling you what you should and shouldn't do. When you're already in, you already got the T-shirt. You already made it. Well, there's some problems with that thinking, isn't there? We need to enter into our each and every day saying, God, I, I want to enter in with joy today. I want to do your will. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shall not, shall be, shall be no priest to me seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Where does knowledge fit into this? Well, knowledge is important because we receive knowledge through the word of God and through a healthy ministry when we receive that word from that pastor. Hebrews 6 and 1 Therefore, leaving the, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance on the dead works and the faith toward God. I guess the warning tonight would be that we shouldn't tamper with anything that's foundational in God. But there is a truth that we continue on after we have fulfilled and are, are fulfilling those truths in our lives. The foundation has been carefully laid. Take heed lest no man affect or hurt the foundation, Jesus said. But it also is important to realize tonight that I can't stay where I am. God wants me to grow. There are three places in Scripture in Numbers, I think it's 14 and 16, no, it's four and six, I'm sorry. Um, three places. The first is Miriam and Aaron, Moses' brother and sister. Because they began to question Moses because of a carnal decision he made. He married the Ethiopian woman. I don't know if it was that familiarity of being a family member that they felt like they could get after him? How could you be so stupid? But at the same time they were putting down Moses, they were making a statement that they did not believe that God had called Moses to be the leader that would lead them. That's the danger of misplacing your pastor in your life tonight.
The second place, of course, is Korah, Nathan, and Abiram. When they came and they rose up against Moses and Aaron and said, you take too much upon you, seeing we are all spiritual. They had another sin. They tried to lower the man of God and take him away from the specific calling God gave him and just say, come on, you're one of the saints too. See, there's a danger in that because that also hurts us in our relationship with our pastor. And the third time was just as bad as all the rest after Israel watched those men fall in that pit and the earth close around them. All their family, all the princes that were there, the 250 princes that were with them. The next day, Israel rose up and said, Moses, this is your fault. You, because of your haughty thinking of who you are, made God do this. And God was not pleased, as you know. Thousands fell because of their rebellious spirit. I don't say that to threaten anyone. I don't, don't misread any of that. But my point is to show you that in God's word, there have been people along the way that have misplaced their pastor. And, and I, I, I'm not supposed to be making X amount of dollars. I'm simply, simply supposed to be thankful, and I am to be here. And, and I trust that the Lord is going to take care of us. And you all do your part. You give of your tithes and your offerings to the church. And somehow God makes it all work. Brother Martin told me of a man in his church that came up to him and said, you wouldn't be here except it was for me. <laughs> and Brother Martin said, oh. He said, I thought the Lord called me. <laughs> oh, people can get crazy thinking. But God, size doesn't matter. God still wanted there to be a pastor here. And my goal is not to offend you and not to be stupid in my flesh, that I have some quirk or some attitude or some action I do that, that is offense to you. And if I do, all I can say is pray for me, talk to me. But far more important than my mannerisms has got to be that you understand God's calling to have a pastor in his church. And so I'm not putting any emphasis on who I am tonight. I'm trying to tell you God puts great emphasis on having a pastor because in it there is peace. There is fulfillment. There is a life well lived. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you for allowing me to go this long tonight. Oh, Brother John's going to... See his wife when she walks through the door and say, thank God I wasn't there. <laughs> if Brother John has heard this tonight, come on, we're going to try to preach it to him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Somehow God wants us to be able to show our high estimation of the man of God. And I want you all to know Elaine and I feel like that you all have done nothing but kindness to us. So when I say this, I'm not asking you for something more. Please don't misread me. But, but it is the word of God. To esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Romans says, render therefore to all their due tribute to whom tribute is due follow civil government around us custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor but first timothy 5 17 says that the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word of god i need you you need me but it's all because of what god's doing it's his plan, and it's what he's going to do in Chelsea, Oklahoma. And we are preparing a wonderful place for people.
in people, love God and the word of God in your life, and um, we're going to see people come to the Lord through you, and that's exciting. God bless you tonight.